Samuel Hedrick. And I'm Jordan Schaffer. And this is Dog Years and Timestamps, a book club podcast. Cyberpunk future podcast Cyberpunk now. future podcast. No yeah. more nostalgia. It's all the future. Yeah, all the future. Is but nostalgia something? at the same time, in a, is, in a way. Is there something for the feeling for like nostalgia, but for the future? Because nostalgia would be like that feeling in the past, like where you're like, ah. Is it anticipation? Is maybe that it? Maybe. Because I think like the, we're we're excited for some of the stuff like that's going to happen in this future. Nostalgia yeah. is sort of like unique, right? Yeah, because it's okay. it's a longing for something that you yourself have been through, but not even necessarily just that, but the idea that you've constructed for yourself for the things that you went through. So, like back to it's the just future. like too specific to have, uh, and like not an opposite, but a um, you know, a like term for a different situation. It's just too specific. Yeah, we need it. We need to coin a term for it because we've done it a lot, like in our like in movies and stuff like back to the future, how mm-hmm. we've like supposedly lived through the year that what, was the year excitement. they moved to. Is it just excitement? Well, <laughs> the fun thing was like looking at like, this is what we actually have developed versus mm-hmm. what they were guessing that we were going to make. Like right. how, hype. Maybe hype. how they were thinking like we would all be able to scan our fingerprints and get into buildings. And like we do that now <laughs> and right, like we can yeah. scan to get into our phones. And right. Or um, like the, uh, that Motorola, the razor was, you know, uh, introduced in, not the was it the razor or was it the sliding phone in the Matrix? They introduced that phone. Oh, in the that Matrix. phone was dope. And Reed was the only one I knew was with like, one. Oh, we're gonna have one of these. Like it's gonna be the coolest fucking thing. And then they made that actual. I think it was what ended up being the razor. Um, but anyways, yeah, yeah. Self fulfilling prophecy. I mean, there's so many things that are just right next to what it is that we're trying to say. I think. Yeah, we need to make a term for that, and I need to learn the term for like you know when you were waiting in line. And like, say you're taking Austin. a, say you're taking a test in school and like you had a question on, on one of the, you had a question about one of the questions. So you were mm-hmm. like, you went in, in line and you were waiting to ask your teacher and then you figure it out in line, like right when you get to, and you're like, Oh, never mind, You've, I figured it out. And you, like, oh, you don't right, even yeah. ask her. What is that phenomenon where like your brain goes into overdrive because you ask somebody else to help you and then you figure it out on your own, you know? Cause it happens yeah, really like all you, the time at work. I ask yeah. like, Hey, do you know where this is? Oh, right there. I found it. Thank you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause they did so, it. Like asking them made something trigger into my, maybe that's the word for what we're looking for too. For, for, but serendipity uh, isn't like an anticipation. Serendipity is closer to coincidence. And is that why it feels so good when it's like, Hey, we like, that's a coincidence. We saw this coming. We knew we were going to get this in the future and now we do have it. Like, like how in the Jetsons they had like, the Jetsons, what a weird reference. But like they had uh, like video phone calls, like and now where everybody has yeah. video phones, like right. on video calls on their phone. Uh, hmm. Hmm. And yeah, I you're wish right. This though book it's was something... more like the Jetsons than Cyberpunk. Yeah. <laughs> are you uh, are you enjoying it? Because there was I a point where so. yeah, there was a point where I wasn't enjoying it, but then I was like, no, like you're. I've Why aren't you enjoying it? You should enjoy it. There's a lot here. Like, there's a lot mm-hmm. of depth in, like, all of the... There's a lot of detail. Yeah. Like, in I'm the really universe, there's a lot see, of cool characters. To, there's to a lot of cool stuff going on. what it is that you have on. to say about it. Yeah. Because I think that you're cool going to... I think that you're coming at it from a different, you know, position that I am. Because I have a little bit of prior experience with what I think this is going for. Um, yeah. Where, like we were talking before the podcast and I was sort of explaining to you what the idea of cyberpunk as a theme is, not just the game that just came out, though that's probably the most accurate representation of what it is in modern pop culture. 
Um, so I, I think that you're coming at it from a completely different angle than I am. So I'm interested mm-hmm. to hear what it is that you think about the different things that we're going to talk about. But it, to your point that you were just talking about, I, I've, I've definitely gone back and forth. There have been times that I have been into it and there have been times that I've been like, maybe we should just read the rest of it next week so we can be done with it. <laughs> I, I was thinking about suggesting that just because I almost don't know what's going to happen if we only give it one more chunk. Because there are a lot of like eye rolly kind of moments like, okay, of course you would say that or, or something. Mm-hmm. But like, there's a lot of new stuff that the author's bringing to the table. I really do like the narrator, the narrator for the audiobook. She's doing, she does a really good job. Excellent. Um, I mean, I, before we read the book, I was surprised. I, I definitely thought it was going to be a little more like Firefly, like we were talking before. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are no men in this story, which doesn't bother me, but it's a little, it's a noticeable thing. And if it, and it, and in other books, when there haven't been men, it wasn't necessarily noticeable. You know what I mean? Like, in, because there was also less characters in those other books. Like, uh, certainly with, um, I guess that's the case. Cause what there was that so one with many... the witches in the water? Um, Pirates of Dark Water. <laughs> That's what I always, always call it. Always um, um, No, it was that one where um, Dark Dark Tide. No, Dark Tide. That sounds right. Fuck. How do I not remember it? But we Stranger really Tide liked it. is the. Pirates of the Caribbean. On Stranger Tide, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, we should um, read that. That's a cool. That sounds like a cool book. This is what the Pirates of the Caribbean was based on. Oh yeah, probably. I think so. But yeah, whatever that book was, I think yeah, it was yeah, Dark Tides. The Dark um, Tide. But Here, I, I've got on my the mind. there were some male characters in there. Uh, but the the only two characters that mattered were the two main characters, and they were both female. But we didn't notice it in that point because there's only two main characters, and the other characters were just you know secondary or tertiary even. Whereas there are you know in my notes there there are six sides to this conflict in this book, and they are 100% female, which again is something that could happen in real life even. It's just noticeable when that's all that there is, and there's other elements to this story being told that are just like we mentioned a little or not a little too, but like <laughs> there, there are times that I was reading this book where I was like, Oh man, this book is woke to the point where it wants to shove it down your throat. And it's just a bit much, you know, not the devil in the dark water, right? We just read that one. That's not the one. We're no, talking no, about. no, no. It was the, it was before Harry Potter even. Yeah. Why, why am I not finding it? Yeah. I, can't, I don't remember. I can't remember. What I remember talking about that though. And, and saying that, the relationship between the girls was like, it wasn't in your face that it was two women. That it were, was a it natural love story. It was just yeah. a, a story between two characters. That Whereas was, what's happening here seems like they're trying to be like, Hey, 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 all women. Hey, 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 yeah. they're all like lesbians and, and all these different things. You know, it's, it's really in your face about it and vulgar. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not finding it. There's know. a lot of just like vulgarness to the way that a lot of the presentation in this book is happening, which is very cyberpunk. Which brings me to my next point, where like you know I've gone back and forth of do I like this, do I not like this, mm-hmm. and part of the reason that I thought that maybe I don't like this book is because I was like, all right, this is just like kind of like poorly written. It's like really in your face. It's a little vulgar at points. And then I started thinking, well, you know, take a step back and think, you know, outside of yourself for a second. Well, maybe they're doing it on purpose because cyberpunk as an aesthetic is by its nature not good <laughs> okay and at times very poorly written and like i was explaining to you or at least in my experience of what cyberpunk is and what i understand of its history it's you know it, it's a uh, an aesthetic and a setting that is tailored for losers <laughs> oh yeah, yeah that don't that, that that have no like so like 
the, the the origins of cyberpunk as i understand it personally maybe i'm wrong is like the first like sort of like introduction to the idea of cyberpunk the person that invented the idea of cyberpunk aesthetic uh you know it was like in the like late 80s or something there was this novel i can't remember what it was written uh, but it's sort of like four loser like angsty angry unfuckable hate nerds that are like oh what if like there was a future where we all have like body mods and 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 you know <laughs> you could become something that you weren't and, and and they're like people that like you know had an interest in learning programming but they didn't really do it because they didn't have any personal drive and they ended up just going to community college and now they work in a call center like it's just it was like an aesthetic that was tailored for losers to lose themselves in something else okay and so i think that they're <coughs> excuse me i think that the it maybe this is this particular novel is being written with that in mind and doing all of the things that I'm finding irritating about it purposefully. Maybe that's wishful thinking. Maybe I want to find at the end of it that it comes to a neater conclusion and then proves that that's what it was doing, that it was being almost self-referential and really tongue-in-cheek about the whole thing. But sometimes I'm also like, God, this person just really... I hope that this is not their like eighth novel. This is like their second one and they're going to yeah. get better. <laughs> yeah, no, I love, I love the optimism because I hate to say that I think it is going to just be the same. <laughs> like, I think it is going to, I don't think it's going to be some <laughs> revelation on steampunk, but this is my first experience with it. So like, I didn't even really notice it. Oh, and I call it steampunk just now and it's cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. See, I, I keep confusing yeah. them. I don't know. Like I didn't, didn't and still kind of don't know the difference. There's slight and, uh, variations probably just, on it, probably how the, idea ge- of how the, the gears work. Right. Yeah, but because like the all same. the different like steampunk, frostpunk, cyberpunk, all these different things, they all take place in the distant future, the ambiguously distant future. Just like all fantasy takes place in the ambiguously yeah. distant past, and but they also are in an aesthetic that can't exist by our reckoning. Okay, and so like steampunk. It's like, Doesn't what if sense. it was old timey, but also the future? Because steam was the predominant form of technology, not just electricity, right? <laughs> Which makes no sense. Yeah, it's, it's all, you know, it's basically Otherwise, it's we would have done that. <laughs> right, yeah, we'd already be there. But like the um, the alternative world that exists in the original run of Full Metal Alchemist is kind of steampunky. Yeah. And really even like... the, the world that they live in, 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 in their, you know, part of the parallel universe system that happens in the full metal alchemist uh, thing is also kind of steampunky in a way. Like there's no electricity in full metal alchemist, yeah. right? It's all like they, they're running off of like coal and shit. Yeah, no, that's a good point. It is sort of like a lot of that sort of like almost kind of old history or like alternate history. It's like turn of the century revolutionary, yeah. like uh, industrial period. I feel like, like it's sort of like, the roots of what steampunk is kind yeah. of, but then they just extrapolate upon that and like, make like people that wear top hats and goggles all the goddamn time. Like that's yeah. what steampunk is. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There's big machinery, but no like electronics and full metal. And then right, in this, yeah. there's like the electronic and airships. People fucking love airships and steampunk. Jesus Christ. What about cyberpunk? No, there's no airships in cyberpunk. Cyberpunk <laughs> is just like, is full on technology. It's like technology to the point where it's like destroying what humanity is. Like if you like, if, there's no grass in cyberpunk. Feature. Right. Yeah. There's there's a tax to have dogs in the in the cyberpunk yeah. 2077 universe. Oh wow. Because 
they take up too many natural resources and there's also not really anywhere for them to shit. I mean, the, the reasons for that are ambiguous to me at this point. There's like no point to have a dog, so you have to pay for it. Yeah, extra. to pay like a, yeah. a, a real tax for it. There's also, like, it's crazy. Like space travel exists in cyberpunk, but it's only for like the like the the 1% of the 1%. It's, it's cyberpunk kind of, or at least the cyberpunk 2077 universe, and I'm referencing the video game because that's my only personal experience with that universe. Um, but it is a property that was purchased by CD Projekt Red to develop the video game. That property, like I was telling you earlier, is is actually a tabletop uh, gaming experience mm-hmm. that was written back in like the 90s and has several iterations. But then CD Projekt Red was like, what if we take this property and we use this 2077 iteration of it to make a video game? Um, but um, it, it, it's sort of like it, it revolves around the idea that corporations run the world at this point. There's not really a government. Everything is, uh, you know, Ooh. up to the whims of corporations and how they, you know, or, or at least in, in, in 2077, the game, it all revolves around one city. Mm-hmm. And there's reference to other cities throughout the United States and the world and at large and the moon and blah, blah, blah. But everything happens in Night City, which is an L.A. analog. Okay. Um, and it's all just run by a couple of corporations. And there's like corporation wars and things like that. I know, it's like it's a, a dystopian future is basically what the idea of cyberpunk ends up being. Is it like Mc, McDonald's versus Coca-Cola? <laughs> <laughs> and More like Amazon, <laughs> the yeah. three that made it. But it's always like, and that's what this book ends up being because they all have like all these body modifications. Uh, like our one of our main characters um, in the narration, you say that they say her name is Angel, but I feel like I'm supposed to say on hell. And it, she's got like a uh, a combat AI or not like a combat AI, but like a combat routine in her system that communicates with the AI on the drop ship that she owns. She also went to like the best college for women fighters. Yeah, right? like, on different planets. There's interplanetary travel in this, this iteration. That was honestly, I hate and, to say, one of those like eye roll moments. Like, of course, she was on the planet for training, like the Amazon planet where right, like, yeah. you get all and these. And that's sort of like a male fantasy thing, right? You which, know? Is, like, <laughs> which is fu- like, it was fine. Like, I didn't. It, we all I'm want not, a girlfriend not, that can beat us up. I'm not upset that like this dope chick went to this dope planet with only women fighters right. that was like the best fighting character in the story world. be cool whatever but and whenever you look at it in context of modern society you're sort of like that's just like a male fantasy thing like shut up oh yeah i mean the way they made it out was like these are the best fighters in the universe like you you can't get they I mean, end up taking government positions and stuff yeah like you that, can't typically. go to you yeah. can't go to a better fighting school than this right. one with all the women which is like and her pilot uh lou has like a cybernetic eye and so they, they all have all these different things Right. It's, yeah. It's, this is so cyberpunk. Yeah. And it. Which is cool. It's cool. It is but cool. It, but being cyberpunk in nature, what I'm hoping is that it's embracing that nature mm-hmm. and therefore making something that is just like very pulpy. Okay. Like whenever I was reading yesterday, there's um, a gratuitous mention of this kind of natural wood on this planet that they find. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what the wood was called, but it's commonly infested by a poisonous beetle called hadley beetles <laughs> so of course i text hadley and yeah. i was like i'm reading this new book and apparently somebody in the future names a poisonous beetle after you haha <laughs> and she takes back is like oh i'm interested you know we're joking and i was like okay well i'll let you know what it's like but so far it's like super fucking pulpy like sort of like it was 7 30 on a thursday evening when she walked in my office sort of shit you know like it's yeah. just garbage mm-hmm. <laughs> and hopefully they're doing that garbage on purpose yeah, I mean there there are a lot of 
cool concepts in this universe, like at least ones that I hadn't thought of. And some of the stuff that they're dealing with, I feel like politically is, is fun. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. it's engaging and it, and whether it's happening in the book, it's definitely like making my creative, like, it's definitely getting me thinking where I'm like, Oh crap, I missed some of that stuff from the book. Cause I was thinking about like, what if that was real? Mm -hmm. Cause I, I mean, it's this is a new book like yeah. like the the author wrote it relatively recently i, I think it's a female but i yeah, can't sure remember i, I think it's it, like yeah. liza chase we looked something. it up yeah, yeah a very cool idiot. german name no uh like 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 spike or something like that author. wasn't it something like leicht which is german for light yeah like light and weight and uh yeah i mean it's it's been fun it's just it's so new that like at a certain point i was like okay you really got to focus because there's a lot going on here and this these are all brand new characters and they're all dealing with a lot of stuff going on so like throws you into it too it doesn't build anything up you're just suddenly supposed to be accepting that you can see that there's six sides to this battle Mm -hmm. it's crazy it's yeah so much happening it's a lot and that's why i'm also positive with you too i think that there's a lot of potential in in the rest of it so like i'm not upset at all that we're reading it like it's very it's very unique and and honestly even if we don't like it after the end like we need to read books we don't like too so yeah i mean at some point. you can't like everything right? exactly and that that shows that we're not just like sheep following the the herd you know like we're right. we're reading and thinking our own stuff and this is fun like it, whether we end up liking it or not at the end it's made me think about a lot of stuff that mm-hmm. our future you know the cultural future problems i think you know and we've only disliked one book so far beacon 23 which we reference every now and then yeah that's the one we reference that we don't like if we didn't like any some of the other ones we don't ever bring that's the only one that we've read for the show that we continually tell ourselves we did not like that book and just like i remember reading that book and the whole time just sort of being like I just don't like this. I don't remember getting anything out of it really, except for realizing that I don't like it. But yeah, like there's like an actual, at the very least, there's like the potential for actual conversation to have with this book. Yeah. And <laughs> which and, is better than what we had with that one. Yeah. The lot. Yeah. Beacon 23 was frustrating. Cause it was just, it had a lot of potential and then it didn't do anything with it. There was this movie. I think it, it was nowhere. I think it was Daybreakers or something, and it was this vampire. Oh, that vampire movie with um, oh, what's his fucking Ethan Hawke? Yes, dude, it sounded so cool. It was like when the vampires take over, and then there are no not enough humans to feed everybody. Mm-hmm. I was like, what a cool idea! And then the movie, like at least in the moment, it let down, uh, it let me down. And then I rewatched it, and I was like, okay, that was pretty cool. And so <laughs> I think because I rewatched, I don't remember it, anything about that movie. I rewatched it with the the intent of like just like it yeah <laughs> don't don't judge the movie for what it what mm-hmm. it, what you were expecting because i had such you set yourself decent expectations and then and then i really enjoyed it and that's there's good. a will a willem defoe who's that guy the that's a guy right Green goblin yeah he was yeah. in it <laughs> he was like the first vampire to like train transition tra- i don't remember him. <laughs> he's being, the first trans vampire about that movie. i only remember ethan hawk that's all i remember and vaguely one action scene I don't know. Like I, so like I was super obsessed with vampires when I was younger, and I thought that, that was like the coolest like thing, and I loved the idea of vampires, and I you know really sort of like fantasized about being a vampire and all the sorts of things that you do when you're a dumbass kid and you want to buy into something. And so I was like, okay, well this is another vampire movie. I like to watch it. I fucking hated it, and I yeah. just like pushed it out of my memory. <laughs> I don't remember anything about it. Yeah, there was. I remember there was like this scene where you can turn into like a human again, and uh, 
it was just it was dumb because he he like threw himself out like what it happened to him on accident and he got in like a car accident and he got flung out of his car because he wasn't wearing a seatbelt because he's a vampire so he got in a car accident he's like it won't hurt Mm -hmm. me and he flew out of his car front windshield and like was burning in the air in like the sunlight because it was daytime Mm -hmm. and then he fell into water in like some church uh like like a fountain or something? Some, something like that. It was either a church fountain or just some like water. Mm. And I, I swear it had to do with a church, but it probably didn't. And, uh, and like, because they, because he caught on fire in the sunlight and because he drenched himself, he didn't die. Like it put out the fire. Mm-hmm. So he just turned back into a human. Isn't the idea that because they're like, they're daybreakers, they're vampires that can exist in the sun. Wasn't that, that, that like might the be conceit it. of the movie? That might be that might be all it was. Because I remember the vampires Gosh. when they like sucked the blood of a daybreaker, they like blew up or something. Like it, it, it just <laughs> they just it was just bad news. You know, you didn't right, want to yeah. do that. Huh. All right. It's like a new breed of vampire. Uh, yeah, whatever. Let's get into this book. We haven't uh, we haven't hit much of it. She's. I, I remember texting you today because I was listening to the book and I was like, mm-hmm. I don't like Sophia's kind of a b word. Is what I said to you. <laughs> There's nobody likable in this book just yet. Maybe the yet. only person that we're given, I don't know, like. I kind of like the AI person, uh, uh, Kennedy. Kennedy. Yeah, I kind of yeah, like but she's, her. She's like, funny. She's likable because she has. Because she's AI. Right yeah, now, she's, like, yeah, right. she's got no like real morals or kinda, stakes in anything. Mm-hmm. She's like a bland enough character in, you know, in the light of all these other characters that are morally ambiguous. They're sort of like, well, you're the only one that's like close to good. Although you kind of don't care about good because you're just an AI and really, I, I, I don't really understand her motivations. Like she, she has like her sisters that she's like obsessed with and she lives like this comfy life being like entwined with her other sister AIs. But then she like received like a help signal that she like couldn't keep herself from chasing. Mm-hmm. And that's what she's doing. That's our only motivation that we know. So like her only motivation is to help somebody. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Whereas everybody else is like ambiguously criminalistic. Yeah. Uh, Or very criminalistic. Dude, I'm pretty sure one of the first things I said to you when I came over today was, okay, so these chicks are crazy because one of them, like, didn't they kill a a couple of cops and then they were like... I think their gang members disguised as cops. Well, they they killed them and then they were like, they shouldn't have been in disguises and then they did a double tap and they shot them all in the head. I was like, oh my God, Uh, these cops are crazy. Um, Rosie. Yeah, Rosie then just fucking just goes through and double taps everybody that was in the conflict. When I heard that, I was like, oh my God, these girls are awesome and crazy and this book is like i need to give it a full shot because these girls are crazy and this is cool like this is sort of like crazy stuff is happening it's it's like badassery for badassery exactly exactly it's like the untouchables or whatever that movie was you know it's not just like oh yeah these people are these characters are tough and they live in a tough world and blah blah it's like oh these characters are tough, you know, like, and they went to know, tough planet. To there's get like tougher. an attitude about it. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, it's a little too, it's so heavy handed. This is Rosie's ship. So it's Rosie's choice. What we do. It's like, all right, girls. I'm going to very quickly just blow through my notes so that everybody can get like an idea of my train of thought. While, Cause I read everything yesterday. Because I knew that it, it was only like 160 pages that I had to read. I knew mm-hmm. that I could knock that out relatively quickly. And, I, and work was crazy. So as I was reading, I was just like, you know, stream of consciousness, you know, taking notes. And it starts out, this is so typical cyberpunk. And then someone needs an editor or a new one. Mm -hmm. There's so many fucking just weird grammatical issues and spelling issues in it. And that's just, again, that's just editor bullshit. 
Um, but then also there's like some ideas and some things that have been said and written that an editor would have been like, maybe you say that differently because that's a little too much or doesn't make sense or whatever. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, Band-Aid, the brand, is still alive and kicking. There's a point where she gets like injured at the beginning or she, uh, hell gets injured whenever the person breaks into her apartment. Mm-hmm. And the AI is like, do you need assistance? Should I call the, you know, you know, the, the corpo med team or whatever? And she's like, no, nah, I just need a Band-Aid. And Band-Aid is capitalized as if it's still a brand in the Kindle version. So <laughs> Band-Aid is alive and kicking. Um, yeah, don't want to step on big Band-Aid. Right. This with this book saying they don't exist in yeah, the Yeah, those fucking Band-Aid corpos. And then, uh, Christ, this book is heavy-handed and moderately obnoxious. And then, just a single word, pedantic. And then, everyone knows what a cleaning crew is. Come on. <laughs> and then, all right, so there's six sides. We've got the emissaries, Visia, Angel's crew, Rosie, Kennedy, and the superintelligence. And that's it. That's all I have. Okay, at the end, it seemed like the book finally drew you back in because it was like, it was making you mad, making you mad. And then I was like, here are all the different teams. But maybe that was just you trying to give it a fair that shot. That was just me, like, because I read it all just like in a sitting. Mm-hmm. I didn't even really take a break except for like to maybe go get some more water or coffee or something. And then I was like, okay, let's put it all together. Who's even important? In this I was going to say, do we even know like the big theme of what's going on? It just seems like a bunch of badass chicks doing badass stuff. It has stuff. to be this, the central thing that's happening has to be what that introductory chapter is right the interaction between visia and the the big corporation whose name i can't remember mm-hmm. but we keep referencing here and there and the emissaries the alien race that exists on the on persephone the the planet that yeah. the greater intergalactic uh, society doesn't know about because it you know in once humanity got to intergalactic travel and then met other aliens and they formed like an intergalactic council they decided if a new planet is discovered and there's no sentient life on it, you can claim it. If there is sentient life on it, then they have to be introduced to the Intergalactic Council, and that's their planet. You know, it's like a, okay. a you know, Seems like a, a human rights thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Duh. But for some reason that we don't yet know, the the um, the 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 uh, what do they call it? The Catholic Missionary Period, <laughs> which is the thing that we get referenced a couple of times, got to Persephone failed for some reason who knows maybe that's tied into what's happening but then the corp the corporation came found this emissary race Mm -hmm. they call themselves the emissaries this alien race on there the alien race wants to remain secretive and doesn't want the intergalactic community to know that they exist for some reason and so the corporation is able to claim the planet because they're not admitting that that alien race exists on that planet because the stakes there are relatively obvious like the the corporation doesn't want the the federation to know that these aliens exist because then they can't claim that planet anymore but the the aliens don't the emissaries don't want them to know either for some reason because they think that secrecy is their strength for some reason it it seems to be a little bit of an advantage because like this place is like an outlaw station pretty much like don't they have like no laws you can get anything like you can do anything you need there well there's sort of like there's two halves of the city right they keep calling it west or east of the deadline and west of the deadline is where like Monk's Bar is, where a lot of our story has mm-hmm. revolved around, which is also a very cyberpunk idea, where everything revolves around a single outlaw bar. And and it's like the corporation doesn't venture over there if they don't have to for different things, and so that's where all the illegal activity happens. Yeah. But east of the deadline is where like 
you know, the people who work for the corporation probably live, and that's like where they go for that party. Civilized society. And all these different things. But, I mean, I, it has to revolve around what it is that's happening between the emissaries and the corporation. Yeah. And there's going to be some resolution where the emissaries gain ownership of their planet somehow. But why did they want it to be a secret to begin with? All they have to do is just, like, reach out to the intergalactic community and be like, hey, we're here. We're indigenous to this planet. It's ours. They must not be then. Maybe they took over the race. Like, may, there must be some. There's some secret history yeah, you're we right. don't know but yet. There's some yeah. other thing happening there. But then Vasia, who is the, she's like a traitor to the emissaries because she had gotten there on the. Uh, there's so many fucking things happening in this book. Like Vasia and Rosie are the same age, which is over a hundred years old. Because they got some genetic modification Im- from the emissaries yeah, for that. some reason. Yeah, Im- like immortality. <laughs> and they're all been at it. Well, or Vasia's all been out of shape about it because it made her infertile or something like that. And she blames the emissaries for that, even though Rosie says the emissaries told us this was going to happen. Yeah, you don't have anything to blame them for. Aren't they on like the side of the like, aren't they straight up like, isn't there like a place where a bunch of people without, didn't they say women without uterus live here or something like well, that? Well, that was one of the points that made me start to be like okay i was like rolling my eyes at that Uh, statement because that statement was just sort of like that was in reference to on harold's education with the goran oh and all the barren women are there okay yeah or some i don't know i don't know if all of the goran women are barren but it it was just like a throwaway comment it was talking about how like and and in like if you don't have a uterus you certainly are still a woman it was like i thought a it, weird I thought, throwaway comment that didn't have it, even, even contextually didn't make sense in that sentence it was just so unnecessary it was odd when i heard it because i, I it like when i look at I it, somebody that i perceive to be a female on the street i don't first think does she have a uterus or not like that doesn't mean anything to me <laughs> well it should <laughs> obviously so, apparently i'm in being the, told it's supposed to matter to me <laughs> it's supposed to matter to me so that i can acknowledge that it doesn't matter right is what this book is telling me right you to be more woke <laughs> you need to be aware of the things so that you can be aware right. of them this is i don't know was, uh, that was one of the points of this book where i was just like jesus fucking christ yeah uh but and, and, and one of the one of the major problems that i have narratively with this book so far is that issue that visia has with the emissaries mm-hmm. where she's like you know, she feels wronged by the emissaries for them helping her. And we don't know that whole story yet. So maybe she was forced into help. But Rosie makes it seem like they both knew exactly what they were getting into when they accepted the genetic modification from the emissaries. Yeah. And it was even, all explained to them. And But then Vasi is still like, no, no. Just saying no, even though Rosie's like, look, like we both know that was going to happen. They explained it to us in great detail. You know that you have nothing to blame on them. And she's like or she's just quiet yeah rosie's perspective was even different on it too she was like i just didn't want to die like you did it to become immortal she, yeah, she wanted i just to be, didn't yeah she like die. elected into it whereas rosie was like save me like you know totally different perspectives yeah which i almost don't know if one is better than the other because it's the same thing but it's but it's like the it, it's it's weird you know it's like yeah. two sides of the same but coin, it but it's also the mentality of being upset about it worse because right. she elects into it and then is angry about the things that she decided to ignore the warnings on yeah whereas and so it's other, just like, yeah, okay i see yeah it's, it's just much, like a shitty okay. villain drive like if Ugh. like don't explain all of that if she's just going to be a simple villain, mm-hmm. like having a simple villain that just hates people for the sake of hating people is one thing. I'm okay with having simple villains. I love a lot of things that have simple villains. 
but don't provide these weird contextually complicated things like we knew what was going to happen and you were seeking this out and all these like you know motives that make things gray and complicated and weird just for the villain to then be like poof no like shut up yeah now they're just a like a it's just incongruous within itself yeah it doesn't make any it's it's weird and maybe there's something yet to be revealed that will change my opinion on that but uh, it's just yeah i mean maybe maybe we're just not supposed to like them as a person at all like just yeah but then just don't explain all that other stuff to it yeah no i get i get like if you want me to just be angry at somebody have them kill a dog like that's a classic movie and storytelling thing like just have the bad guy kill a dog and now we know they're the bad guy yeah <laughs> that's all we need yeah that's how john wick evil. operates like <laughs> and every, there are three movies. and there's a great movie series yeah, because it knows it. that it's just a dumbass action movie and it just has to be simple there's nothing complicated about that like stick to one thing don't try to be everything no you're right and that that is the problem like you were saying there are six characters like it's trying to hit every hot button issue with every type of girl like there's one straight girl a couple of gay girls like a couple of like Non, only, non-specific like, like ones like the alien or not the alien the ai like she doesn't she's not she doesn't say well she's an AI. i don't think she has any sexuality right so they have one of those too so you know asexual, what i mean sexual yeah so they have every sexuality i think the only like, like conventionally or person that is like for you know not even necessarily modern day america anymore because you know modern day america is progressing you know whether or not we choose to acknowledge that fact but like you know like the only like person that is identifiable by like a, a 1990s you know american standard is on hell mm-hmm. she is identified as a female identifies as a female mm-hmm. and evidently likes men though we haven't heard her say that specifically other people have alluded to it every yeah. other character that has been introduced thus far is some variation of sexuality right yes yeah, so- every single other one of them it's a hundred per it's it well i guess if there were a hundred characters that have been you know, or even names that have been brought forth so far in this you know novel 99 of them are somewhere else on the spectrum of sexuality and we have this one that is by 1990s right. standards normal and that's okay that's probably it's how just, the future will end up being but it's, it's so just diverse that it's that it it's right now it's like inconceivable you know yeah. it's not that it's impossible, but like, like you're saying, it's. I mean, honestly, it's probably not likely that there would be this right, many yeah. non-conforming to to because it's not. It, I mean, okay, whatever. I don't even right. but like, it just it does seem like they're trying to hit like they're. <coughs> excuse yeah, me. Sorry, little, it does seem like they're trying much, to fit in. Yeah. It's sort of like. It's almost like they can't see the forest for all the trees, right? Like right. the idea is to. Maybe, and I'm speculating and I'm projecting to some degree as well. Maybe the idea is, oh, let's show a future where sexuality is everything and nobody has to, you know, there's no norms and nobody gives a shit. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. So they're so focused on making that a reality that it's no longer natural. You know, they, they can't, the big picture is normalizing the, uh, you know, panorama of sexuality right and so they're but they're trying so hard to you know show all of those different details that they're only showing you the 25 trees in front of you instead of like zooming out and saying hey look at this entire forest mm-hmm. th- th- this entire forest of individuality yeah that makes it's, sense it's just a little too much <laughs> yeah no that makes that makes a lot of sense yeah and i i, I hope i hope you're right like i hope the book kind of 
leans away from that because it's like, what story are you trying to tell? Like, are you trying to? Because none of that matters either. Yeah, are you trying to make a statement about that, or are you trying to tell a story about some some badass outlaws? You know, like, right, yeah. like why does gender even come into it? Like, why are we? I just care about the characters doing things. Exactly. Like they're they're throwing it in our face a I little bit. Care about the story. That, well, at least I want to care about the story. But I don't because, need to know about all that other bullshit. Yeah, and like we were saying, in some of the other books we've read, like the gender and sexuality have been non. Um, I guess non-binary. Thank you. Yeah, it, but like they didn't feel unnatural. Like it felt very normal yeah. and it fit perfectly for the story. Just Whereas a part this of one, the character. Yeah, this one it's so much that we have to bring it up and talk about it. So it's like you know, I, I hope that because they're talking about it constantly. Yeah, I hope that they almost focus. to a point of vulgarity. Yeah, they even said like, I hope you're not trying to hook up with me because you know I'm not into that. It's like, all right, ladies, like let's chill out. Like, <laughs> um, the, I mean. Yeah, so exactly. Like, what lot. story are we trying to tell? <laughs> and and are we talking about outlaws or are we trying to make a statement on some something else, you know? And right. I've a lot, I have a lot of faith in the story, so I hope I'm with you. Like, I have a lot of hope that it's going to turn out good, even though I have my doubts, but it's it's pedantic. It's one of the notes that I had. It's just it's just like flat out pedantic so far. Yeah. And hopefully, it, you know, transcends that. Well, I mean, do you want to read it in one go at the for this next chunk, or no? We can continue to break it up just for okay. the sake of you know, almost levity. We're gonna tear this book apart. <laughs> <laughs> I think that because it's so complicated, because there's so many things mm-hmm. happening, you know, aside from all the stuff that we just finished talking about, there's just so many things happening, and I don't really understand exactly where it is that we're expected to go mm-hmm. i think that we can break it into two more parts and still have plenty to talk about yeah because i think it's gonna what i'm afraid of is that it's gonna try and do too much <laughs> yeah but i mean we'll be able to call it out <laughs> <I'm just Right>. <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> yeah we'll just have to see let's we'll yeah. see what happens um the the next section that we're gonna read let's see Unless you had anything else that you wanted to mention, I, th- I think I've touched everything that I had been thinking about. Yeah, I mean, it's a. I think I think I did too. What what I've been finding with this book is it gets my it gets my mental gears going, which is a lot of fun. It's made us. We mm-hmm. we had a lot of stuff that we talked about before the podcast that like the book I feel like triggered a lot of cool talking points. So this book is. Yeah. Whether this is the intent of the book or not, it's getting me thinking and it's making us talk about a lot of stuff. And I mean, the, some of the stuff we talked about had nothing to do with the book, but yeah. it, but I feel like it started from that, mm-hmm. and it was just for for the, that for that sake. I feel like I'm always, I'm gonna look back on this book and be like, man, it gave us a lot of good talking points. Even even if I'm like, I don't really know what happened in the book, but like it, it's really, I don't know. I've I've been in. It's cool. I, I I don't have anything to say, I guess, to answer your question, but I, I am really happy with what it's been, what it's been making us do, like with our imagination. It's it's really been getting us thinking and creative and yeah. talking about it, and it's I like it. It's I like that. At it's least, got us know? talking and thinking. I yeah, mean, that, that's more than even things that we have liked. That's more than other things that we've read before. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and I don't know if that's really like a thumb up or thumb down or anything but it's just it is it just is. it's interesting yeah, yeah and that's that's what i'm i'm trying to get get stuff out of it and i'm not i don't, I don't dislike mm-hmm. the book by any means but it's right yeah I, I, like but i, I do see what you're saying I'm going I, back and forth exactly i do see what you're saying where i'm hoping know. that it's all intentional i'm hoping that it's intentionally obnoxious yeah i'm hoping yeah. that it's intentionally pedantic mm-hmm. i think that you know at, at at best the author knows that these are the tropes that cyberpunk lives on and 
I want to just make the most cyberpunky thing that I can do. You know, yeah. almost as an exercise, maybe even. Yeah, yeah. And and if that's the case, great. The, you know, at worst, it's just inept, <laughs> which is something that I hate to say about most things. Yeah. But it really almost feels that way sometimes. I don't know. We'll have to see how it all turns out, obviously. Yeah, maybe we just don't like sci-fi. <laughs> we just, we just right, don't like yeah, space. Yeah, I was mentioning, like, you know, we've, we've read three sci-fi books, and we've liked one of them. We've it, it, Assuming that we end up disliking this one for the sake of this point that I'm making, then that means we've, we've read three sci-fi books, disliked fairly strongly two of them, and those two were one, well, all three were ones that I suggested. So, like, I've got, like, a... A, a you know a, a 33 batting average on fucking sci-fi and i'm not happy about that <laughs> yeah and i mean the only sci-fi that i've even suggested i think is dune and it's like it's hard it's hard to even it doesn't bode well for what we're planning to do well, later in the year <laughs> and it doesn't and if we like that one i shouldn't get any credit for suggesting it because it's like it's a book that's been critically acclaimed and renowned and around dune. for yeah yes. so it's like it's not like i suggested it's a, a, safe a new bet. <laughs> yeah i didn't suggest a new sci-fi so it's not like it's not like I could probably find a, a cool sci-fi that would scratch our itch, but like we should give it some more shots, you know, sci-fi. And then yeah. I, I am, I'm still into, into the idea of poetry, like maybe reading a poetry book or reading like a, a like a straight up only oh, horror, yeah, I remember you if know, we mentioned a horror that last novel. Episode, it was, yeah. An idea and I mean, to take a look at maybe some, you know, some collection of poetry from an artist and yeah, I mean, just something. A a li- and, yeah, I mean, even whatever. or we could even try like a play or a screenplay or a uh, you know, just like just something we've never read because I feel like sci-fi is sort of that field for me. Like I don't read very many sci-fi's, mm-hmm. but I love the 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 content. You know, I do enjoy sci-fi shows. I enjoy like science and fiction, and I like the playing around with ideas for future technology, and I love listening to, you know, nerds on the internet talk about <laughs> yeah. cool things, you know, that they're going to do. You know, and so I I feel like sci-fi should hit a very personal place for, for us, you know, like we mm-hmm. should love it. So, and just... I want I want to like this book and I want to like you know sci-fi and the genre, right? So I'm hoping that that's not what the issue is because if we keep reading more sci-fi and we just don't like them, then it's like damn, I guess we don't like sci-fi. Right. I mean, I guess that's just not the thing for us. I love but, sci-fi, but I don't know. I mean, I guess this, I can't even think of a sci-fi book that I've read really that I love. Like it's mostly there just shows. There haven't been a lot of sci-fi books that I've read. I agree. I think. That, hmm. I mean, I did read Dune, but that, like I was saying, that doesn't count. <laughs> I think when it comes to books, I typically read fantasy, which right. is something we've also said, you know, fantasy is sort of like, but you know, between the two of us, our bread and butter that, yeah, but I've also, I've always played sci-fi games. Mm-hmm. I've always watched sci-fi movies and shows. Star Wars is not sci-fi. That's fantasy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Pretty common misnomer. People think that Star Wars is sci-fi just because it happens in space. It's just space wizards. And it's a long time <laughs> ago. Like it's not. Right. Yeah. Sci-fi is usually set in the future. I feel like. Typically, yeah, and, yeah. yeah it's, it's, Star Wars is not sci-fi. It's, yeah. It just happens to take place in space. It is straight up fantasy. There is magic and wizards and swords. True. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I've played a lot of sci-fi games that I've really enjoyed the story of. Like a game that I used to play almost every single year, Freelancer, is a great sci-fi story. It's like it's just interesting to see that now that I'm act- actively reading more books than I've ever read in my life. I used to read all the time as a kid, but you know, now we're reading a book every three weeks at worst, mm-hmm. a book every week at best. Yeah. Like, it's like just, all those sci-fi stuff that we've read has been either like, 
you know, the Beacon 23, which we, you know, we didn't hate, but there was, there was a lot of problems with that book. 70s, which is just too hard sci-fi. We were also weren't very good at the show back then. We were doing very chapter for chapter bullshit back then. We weren't just conversing. It's got to be hard to tap into sci-fi just because it's like with fantasy, like you're saying, it's like wizards and swords and magic and it's... it's sci-fi wants to be rooted in something. But yeah, and you know? so... And with this one, it's like it's it wants to be rooted in like a very cultural, culturally relevant, mm-hmm. I feel like, future, you know, yeah. and, and that's really cool. And it's but it's so it's, it's also it's hard because they're negative. I feel like it's I that feel might like a be lot of too. popular sci-fi stuff ends up being like and fantasy is always like nostalgic. Look at this guy. Dude. Like I always talk right, about Aragon yeah. eating bread and cheese. And I always think like, how cool was that when he was hunting that deer and eating bread and cheese? Right. <laughs> like I always talk about that. But if and you spend I, a week eating bread and cheese, be like, this fucking sucks. That would be the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah, sorry to interrupt you. I just got excited when we were talking about no, we no, were I've... discovering why sci-fi might not scratch the itch. Because yeah, it's there's, negative. There's it's a little bit it. negative. Yeah. It's that's what you're saying. There's usually like a a sort of dystopian feel to it or a, um, you know, a, uh, a concern about the future or like a, a sort of like, this is what it's like. Ray Bradbury writes a bunch of sort of sci-fi stuff, but it's, it's not distant enough future that it would be, you know, a typical sci-fi, but it's yeah. like Fahrenheit 451 like takes place. No, I think the right. literal date is probably like, you know, 2020 or something right. like that. But, <laughs> but the technology that exists in four Fahrenheit 451 is you know by 2020 standards in real life you know kind of rudimentary but it's dystopian at the same right. time it's it's an idea of you know where the government decides that books are no longer legal mm-hmm. and the implications of that like ray bradbury ray bradbury, <laughs> ray bradbury very famously hates the advancement of technology or hated he's you know passed away i think like eight or nine years ago at this point uh and was very afraid of what that would mean for the future of humanity and that sentiment is very prevalent throughout the whole of sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah, it makes it makes it hard. I mean, I wonder if that's why Star Trek kind of has such a, a hold on like what people really enjoy in sci-fi. Because Star Trek is, is positive. Po- exactly. That's what I was thinking. The next Star generation. Star Trek is the example of a future that is a, it's literally a utopia. Nobody has a job unless you enlist in the uh, Space Federation. And, and it, then their job is just to explore and spread a message of peace. <laughs> and, and I think I was even saying it last week, how there was like the elves and the dwarves and the humans and how like they each, each the, like there's the, the, this porridge is too hot and this porridge is too cold and this one is just right. Like in fantasy, I feel like they, they make humans, even though we're kind of basic bitches, you know, like right. we're kind of boring and basic. Mm-hmm. They still make us at some point like we're always the underdog that can pull through in the end when it really matters. And that's like the common theme I feel like in Star Trek as well as there's the, the Vulcans and the Klingons and, and the Vulcans are very smart and they don't have very much emotion and Klingons are very emotional and very, you know, war driven, you know, and, and the humans are like, just right, just in the middle, you know, and that, you know, it took us a while to get into the galactic federation, but now we're here, we're just right, just in the middle. And they kind of keep the balance throughout. And, and, uh, and I know that Star Trek, I mean, real Star Trek fans are probably have a fit with what i'm saying because i don't i that's just what i've gathered sure, being a, yeah. a third party star trek watcher like mm-hmm. the ones that i've watched i haven't even really watched next generation but i do always think of it one. fondly and like when i've watched those mm-hmm. episodes like they're always i'm using a lot of hand references for yeah. those <laughs> listening um but, but like it's so culturally embedded that other shows are referencing it without even necessarily meaning to or straight up giving a shout out to that star trek episode like right 
you know, Adventure Time has a specific episode I'm thinking of, you know, that was like a Star Trek episode. And then it made me want to watch the Star Trek episode. And mm-hmm. But it is all positive and it's this sci-fi future. And that must be what it is. It Star must Trek just is be, so hopeful. That, that, <laughs> that's that's got to be what it is. We're reading sci-fis that kind of have the, that hope is gone. Yeah, yeah. Generally when we're looking, I think what maybe you might be speaking to, generally when we're looking towards the past in a fantasy sense, mm-hmm. Uh, or, or where uh, in a fantasy sense that lends towards looking towards the past, we, in what we were talking about at the top of the show, tend to do so in a nostalgic fashion mm-hmm. with rose tinted glasses. And, you know, we pick and choose what it is that we want to remember about it. What a was simpler good time. About it. Yeah. Whereas in general, as humanity, when we look towards the future, we're very uh, apprehensive towards it. We're usually don't want yeah. to see the possible good in it. We're afraid of what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's all very negative, certainly in today's climate. And, yeah, she's and so, not talking like, about all the dope. Generally, the idea of sci-fi now. versus fantasy is yeah. positive versus negative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great point. And that's I why didn't Star even Trek that. stands out is that it's it has actual hope in it for the future. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we <laughs> Which wanted is something that humanity, by its own nature, does not want to have. Yeah, we wanted the technology they were getting in Star Trek. We we're like, oh, this is cool, and like, no, that's a really interesting point. I never thought of that. Wow. We figured something out. That might be that, that. That really might be it. I never. I really had never thought about it. I wonder if. I think we're. I we think as far as like kind out. of like broad strokes, I think that ends up being what it is. Cool. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, hopefully this. Hopefully this gets a little more space western and right, <laughs> less yeah. like social. And uh, these chicks yeah. are doing crazy stuff. Like it, it. It's a. Like it's got a lot of potential. Like there's there's some badass stuff that can happen. I yeah. just hope they're stopped. I hope I hope that we're through. we're right at the point where the big thing is going to happen. Right? Yeah, we like know all the, the characters, catalyst, and now we're ready for the start of the main plot. Right, they've given us a good foundation of everything. That's probably why it feels like such an info dump. And now that it's all going to start coming together, hopefully, and then, like you said, I, I'm excited to see what the super intelligence has to do. Yeah, I always like the idea of a super intelligence in sci-fi stuff. They're always kind of witty too. I feel like when when I like them, you know, when right, I enjoy yeah. them, they're like a fun, witty personality, you know. Right. We'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah. What we're going to read this coming week is going to be through chapter twenty-four. Stop at twenty-five. Nice. It's about the same amount of reading, give or take ten pages. Uh, so uh, once again, through chapter twenty-four. Stop at twenty-five. All right. Can do another twelve. Yeah, another 12. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't even consider that for some reason. Anyways, see you all next week with that. All right. Yeah, you guys know how to find us. Anchor.fm slash ears-stamps. That has our links to all of our social medias and ways to support us directly. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Tell your friends. Get into, let us know if you guys have any book suggestions. We're looking into Stephen King. He's writing a new one, he, like we were saying, he, I think probably before the show. He writes at least one book a year. Yeah. Sometimes two is what I remember seeing whenever, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So we'll keep our eyes out for him. And then, then Joan, 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 I think is yeah. what we decided when, whenever we were initially looking it up, how that's supposed to be pronounced. I mean, yeah, I'm excited for whatever that's going to be. Me too. So yeah, we've got some exciting prospects. Mm-hmm. David Duchovny is writing a novel. Well, is writing. He just finished a novel that's releasing tomorrow that I pre-ordered on Audible. Ooh la la! Like I was telling Jordan beforehand because it's narrated by said uh, David Duchovny, who's a an artist or an artist. Well, I guess yeah, he's an artist. He also has a band. He's got three albums. Nice. <laughs> he's a, an actor that I've long admired. Um, 
obviously the X-Files is, is extremely influential for me. So I'm excited to listen to that. I don't know if, I don't know if I would suggest it for the program, but what, what was the book about? Is it about him or it's, it's about this Mormon who's oh. doing something uh, outside of Joshua tree in California. I don't know. It seems a little cool. uh, insular. Um, I, mean, I don't know. I'm excited. I'll let yeah, you know. No, I'll let I'll you know what I think it about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got it on audible, so I'll, yeah. I'm, I should do that too. All right. All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll hear uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll catch you on next week with all of that, I guess. I'm Will Hedrick. I'm Jordan Schaffer. There's dog ears and timestamps. Go, go Tom Brady and Gronk. I'll add Gronk this week. Vernon said uh, Ready Player Two was really good. Oh, Jamie yeah. Vernon is Joe Rogan's okay. producer. Well, that's good. I, I bought the book. I would so like I to, to read to that it. book at some point, I think. There, there's a lot of people that I listen to in my circles online uh, whose opinions I typically align with and respect that don't like the first book. Yeah. And and so I'm, you know, because of that, of a disposition that I think, well, I'm probably not going to like it either. I kind of get it. I mean, it's it's kind of tailored to like the 80s sort of, you know, like to a guy that just to like, yeah. I feel like it's tailored to the nerd that grew up when like it wasn't kind of cool because like when we were when yeah, we were growing up it was, it was like sort of... it was starting to be cool to be a nerd like we were watching anime but we, yeah, we were really like right before people, it got but, cool. yeah like it got cool when because we of us high school because we made it normal but we <laughs> when, helped when normal we became, i mean you yeah. did i remember thinking it was cool when you when we that... became adults was whenever it really started to become a mainstream yeah thing. yeah but it's sort Probably of like streaming and stuff going off of the way that it gets described by those people that i follow it's sort of like like self-referential for self-referential sake. It's just kind of like, hey, video games. Remember video games? Rem- yeah, exactly. Like, it, yeah. it does of do a lot I of that. Of course I remember video games. <laughs> it, it does it so much that it's like it's all video games before we had ever even heard of a video game. Hmm. Like they're they're like, it's like Pong, yes, but like also there there's one that's called like Lance, I believe, and you're like two people and it's a competition. Oh, Joust. Right? Thank you. And yeah, you're like mm-hmm. on these ostriches or something, yeah. and and you play. It's hard. So well, I guess you've heard of it, but like, mm-hmm. he it makes a lot of those kind of references, yeah. which was fun for me because in the book they make it like because you're trying to figure out his puzzle, like you of course you have to get into the things that inspired mm-hmm. him as a, right, as right. a kid. So of so like part of the the lore and like being part of this like super fandom of like the treasure hunters in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause that was the point. He like, he ended up telling everybody in this VR world, yeah, like he once plants he died, a treasure he's and like, says, hey, be fine. there's an Easter egg. Inherit the world or whatever. Exactly. Right? And yeah. it was like three keys that you had to get. And like, once you open the third gate or whatever, like you had to do something and then you got access and yeah. then you got like, you became like God of the game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, don't, don't you just go backwards from the start at some point? Isn't that like one of the main plot points? What do you mean? Like it, so, like, generally speaking, whenever you start a video game, right, you just go forwards. Mm-hmm. But every now and then you think, well, maybe like your second or third playthrough of the same game, certainly whenever you're a kid and you only get one game a year. So, like, what if I go backwards? <laughs> and so then you just go backwards on the level and you find something you had never seen before. Yeah, that's that's <clears throat> that's pretty much exactly like how he solves, like, the last puzzle. Because he's like, yeah. oh, remember how an adventure that, like, the first game that was ever made yeah. that had an Easter egg in it? And mm-hmm. it was like he made this special little spot because I, it was something like the developer was like, no, you can't put your name on it as, like, the developer of the game. Something like that. Like, he, they, they, they wouldn't let him put his name in it. So, like he made a special spot where like his name was in there like by mm-hmm. this guy 
and I think I think there was like a dragon in there too or something no. <laughs> like it kill you but uh it was like a cool easter egg for like the super fans and they're like yeah. oh cool like he gave himself a shout out and like it was they printed the game not knowing that was in there like the mm-hmm. the like it was kind it of flew like a, under the publisher's radar and so that yeah. was like oh extra cool and that was like how he he's like oh and it was like an homage to that as like the loophole to mm-hmm. that you read the book basically right. i told you they knew. Yeah. <laughs> and he like i know pretty much how it all plays out ultimately and then because it's, it's one of those pop culture things that is just talked to death yeah and i wasn't ever afraid of getting those spoilers because i at a, even fairly early on whenever i first started hearing about it from like you and reed i was sort of like i don't know if i'm going to care about this i was actually surprised that jamie said that the second one was really good like mm-hmm. i got it just because i liked the first one I, right. I, I it was one of those ones that i read and then reread listened yeah. listened to and then re-listened to i can see why it, I can see both sides of it, why people in the general nerdum love it, and then I can also see why people in the general nerdum don't love it. Because it's just two sides of the same coin, right? Like either yeah. you're somebody in the general nerdum that just can have fun, like you. Like, mm-hmm. like oh, yeah, yeah, having yeah. fun is a thing that you're, you know, pretty naturally disposed, uh, you know, disposition I can towards. let them take me on this I, I journey. I can't have fun. I'm just not a fun person at, in my natural state. And I have yeah. to analyze everything to a point where I'm just like, well, that's a little we've done that before like you know, yeah i just suck <laughs> no, this, this one's cool it's like it's a poor kid of course i did you watch the movie no okay it's like a it's fun i mean it's like a poor kid so he's like an underdog and he's like and he ends up making money because he's like the first one to discover like the first easter egg and they're like mm-hmm. how did some nobody solve this like we had professional like hunters that were looking for the game right. for the thing and couldn't even find it, and uh, and they then, weren't working from the ground level, man. Yeah, That's why <laughs> they didn't understand. Just like the the main the guy that started the mm-hmm. Easter eggs in the first one, you know exactly, exactly, and uh, and so it's, so it's fun like that because yeah. it's like the underdog wins. You know, it's like we know he's gonna win. He uh, he does crazy stuff like he <laughs> he like he goes into like the bad guys, like like he starts working for them mm-hmm, and like infiltrates right. them from the inside, which is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's like, he gets sucked into that. Did you, did you watch the black mirror episode where they were like, I haven't watched any black mirror. Although yeah, I, I that love, shows, that shows good to. and hard. I really it's, should. I, the only reason I didn't start it whenever it was in the zeitgeist because I didn't have Netflix at the time, but I'm sure I would love it because I would religiously watch the twilight zone when I was a kid. It's cool, but it's like, it's one of, I can only handle so much of it. I think yeah. at a time, you know, it's very. It's particularly it, it's like heavy. That, yeah. yeah, it's that. It's that. It, that's a good way to say it. It's heavy. I imagine that the Twilight Zone was heavy in the '60s. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so it's There's, like it's an updated version of the Twilight Zone. Yeah, you know, is what everybody says. I, obviously, like I said, I haven't watched it, so I can't speak to that myself. But all right, I'm warmed up. My bad. <laughs> that's good. 